though, everybody, you are now under the black top where we try to get our act together and find strength and unity in the circle of life and friendship. I am Billy. Tumbo. I am Ray. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. It is nice to see y'all guys. How y'all been? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, you got that non-committal look on your face, Tim. Like, yeah, a little, little, eh, hello. I mean, I've been on see, come, saw, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or like you say in Spanish class, I see, I see. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I've been okay. It's Things always could be a little bit better, but I'm going to be grateful for how they're going right now, so. I feel that. I feel that. Hey, you know, it's always a silver lining, you know, even though when things are bad, you know, I always try to look up. All right, Billy, how you been, man? I'm good, man. <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm feeling that hat, though, man. You got the Detroit Pistons hat on. Um, I know, you know, you're, you're, you kind of follow basketball a little bit, but I know the Summer League just started out there in Vegas. Uh-huh. It is so cool because we got, um, like, the young class right now. It's like we have a lot of young people home in the summer league and we just had the number one pick so he's out there Cade and we just got like Sadiq Bay. it's just like so right. many people that's out there so I was watching one of the games and of course we lost the first game um coming out because everybody like hey the Pistons is the people to watch so we went out there but um our first pick he looked really good um selfless with the ball out there playing defense um, he was able to um, make a couple shots. I mean, it looked like he was nervous just a little bit. Like, it seemed like once he just chill and relax a little bit, he'll be right, right on. So it was just really sure. cool to see that. So your hat kind of just, I, you know, I thought you was, you know, showing the love for the, the summer league um, starting. No, not really. I know nothing about this. This is new information to me. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm a Lions fan. I'm a home team fan, but football is just my sport now. I like that sport a lot, you know. Honestly, you said you're a Lions fan, but I looked at the group message, man, and I, I looked at this video that you sent me, and it was Stafford throwing his dime and this, this touchdown between, like, multiple defenders, but he was not wearing a Lions jersey, and your boy was hurt, man. Like, for real, it's, it's so weird just seeing them. <laughs> did you read the comments? Yeah, I did. I did read the comments. And people are like said, in the comments. All I noticed was the, ten, the first 10 seconds. So. I mean, I mean for, you, for some, it was a real quick watch, you know. <laughs> and for others, they paid more attention, you know. You know, some some stayed for the football, you know. Dude. Uh, but it was it was. No look pass he did, kinda of like stepping up into the pocket, like looking this way, but then threw it to the running back, like through this little gap in the line that way. It was dope, man. It was dope. I'm excited about the beginning. Okay. Like I'm not salty about this whole exchange. I'm just excited to move on to something, to more possibilities or bigger possibilities, rather. So and that's yeah. how I try to feel, and that's how I want to feel. But it's just, it's just so weird watching them because it's all we had for the longest, and he's been so good for such a long time. So to go to something that's just a visible step back, and then to look over and watch him doing the same thing that he was doing here, just um, you know, for somebody else, it's almost like watching your girl go out with somebody else. It's like, wait, wait a second, man, like. But think about it. Like, I get it. I, I, I certainly get it. But you and your girl was never going to get married. You was never going to get the ring. You're right. 
You're right. We couldn't even. I'm screaming. We couldn't even win the no play. Rings nowhere. You, it, it ain't no rings in sight. We can't even go on a date. I guess if going on a date is the equivalent to a playoff game, right? We can't even go on a date. Every time we talk playoffs. So, like, it's funny. I get it, but it's just, it's wild. But I am happy that he out there um, doing it. And I'm happy at the haul that we got back, having two first-round picks in the next two years from Alliance um, rebuilding perspective is super dope. And Jerry Goff seems like, at the very least, a likable guy. Um, we'll see him on the football field and see how he does. Um, he ain't going to be a Stafford, but I don't think that we necessarily need a Stafford to go to the Super Bowl or go win a playoff game because Jerry Goff has done both of those things and Stafford hasn't. So we'll see what's up. And they say that like our offensive line is better than theirs right now on paper. Our offensive line. <laughs> On top of the fact that Jared Goff numbers decline because of the whole system they have with running backs. So mm-hmm. how much of that is about Goff's inability or does he need a particular system to thrive in his position? He's just a different type of quarterback. Right, right. No, I, I think that we can absolutely get a system that he can thrive in. It's not even that. It's just that I don't think that he's as good as Matthew Stafford. So it's just hampering expectations. I mean, I think it's just a thing where, where we're used to, you know, the free play going through and throwing the ball 60 yards down the field and somebody making an amazing catch. We might and not still, get that here. And still losing. You had Stafford and Calvin. And exactly. It's a... It's it's the whole system, right? And I understand we got to break down the system in order to make it anew. No, not for the skill sets, man, but... So it's, it didn't work. It worked for its excitement. And yeah, he could do a lot of things. <laughs> that whole time, stretch of time, there were a few things he did not do. Oh, absolutely. Not, like he that was, but, you know. Yeah. It's, but it's a, in order to do those things, you got to do something different. Our new hope is change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm ready to like sound like a diehard Lions fan, don't I? <laughs> I mean, of course, right? I mean, but it's true, though. I mean, it's so weird looking at this team because it's so everybody's new almost. It's like it's really a breath of fresh air for the most part. So that's I'm really sorry, cool. Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he says, really a breath of fresh air. Like, <laughs> yeah, I still with y'all other dudes. I mean, it did though. Like, it was one looking too good. It was bad. It's been bad for a long. Time. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. You know, welcome to football. <laughs> <laughs> How you been? Man, oh yeah, that man. I've been good. That was um. That's about how I've been. I got my car back. Um, car was in the shop for a little bit. So, you know, thankfully I was able to get that back and fixed and everything is good. So I'm happy, you know, blessings to you, you know, this way. Awesome. All right, but cool. We can jump into things. Um, we had this album that we listened to. Um, Yeah, first off, whose album was this? Do you remember who picked this one? I did. Yeah, okay. I figured it was him. Cause okay. But me. <laughs> no, not not I. I. I knew it wasn't me either. So, I, yeah, Timbo, what, what album was this, man? This uh, episode, we uh, listened to "Daddy's Home" by Saint Vincent. It came out on May fourteenth of this year. 
And what I just found out is it was recorded at Electric Lady. I was very happy to hear that. I'm a huge Jimi Hendrix fan. And it makes sense for how the, the silence of the album went. So what did you guys think? I mean, I'll go first. It mean, me personally, it just wasn't really for me. It was a meh album. Um, it was a lot of sounds that it was some sounds I did like some of the s- songs I also liked, but I think overall it wasn't necessarily something that I would find myself going back to. Um, but maybe it's something I need to go back and revisit. I know I'm like that some ways, you know, I didn't listen to this one as much as I would have liked to listen, um, as much as I usually listen to some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, like it was nice to listen to, but not really fun for me to listen to. I don't know. It was. I don't know. I, I don't want to bash it because, you know, I understand that somebody's love and their passion. And I thought even it was a bad album just wasn't in, in my pocket. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I really liked it. Man. I liked it from a writing standpoint. Um, this whole 70s rock thing. It's a cinematic album. Every song sounds like it's a scene from a movie. It's very story driven, and then going back and reading all the lyrics, it's a deep album, man. Talking about abuse to overdose, like the complexities of motherhood, or just like her, her, her issue with, like that my baby wants a baby, her mm-hmm. worried about, and then her relationship because her baby wants a baby, but she's worried about her identity with that. It's just this. This was an incarceration. Her dad was like locked up for 10 years. It's a dope album, man. I really enjoyed it. And I, I I wanted to listen to it specifically for how she told her stories, for her songwriting. And I was pleased with her metaphors. I was pleased with just her word choice and how she made the stories vivid and how well they connected. So, yeah, man, I really enjoyed the album, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I kind of find myself in between both of y'all with that. On what I thought of the album, uh, I was immediately, I loved the Sonics, because y'all know I'm a huge classic rock person. So I'm like, this is putting me in the mind of like Pink Floyd, The Wall. I heard some Queen influences. It kind of reminded me of some of the the distortion, of course, that Jimi Hendrix would do and The Doors. So I really, I was really uh, impressed with that. And the first half of it, I really did enjoy. But it's like, once we started getting to like the second half, started kind of losing me a little bit. But I feel like, Ken, I appreciate, uh, and you, I feel like uh, I appreciate the songwriting. Uh, even though I didn't get kind of all of it because on my I listened on my YouTube music app and they didn't have all of the lyrics. So I couldn't really go along with everything. But I will do some um, personal time and research just to see if I can get some more tidbits onto what she was talking about. But um, I did enjoy it and I would give it a fair rating. I would. For sure. Okay. Cool. All, all right. right, all right. Hey, man, we short and sweet with that one, huh? Right. <laughs> Sometimes it be like that. Yeah, man. All right, cool. So we're gonna go into um our album choose, um our album choice selection. Um, this week is gonna be an album that we wouldn't normally gravitate towards. I am going to go with "Walking Machine" by Feet. Um, so we'll see what what that's about, maybe. Okay. Um, Timbo, what you got? We're gonna. My vote is for what is it called? It's the Ride Wave album. I think it's Superfly. Hold on, let me see. Because I have just seen it. I think that is what it's called. Because um, this one that um, I actually wanted to listen to. It got good 
you know, people were saying a lot of good things about it, but um, I just hadn't listened to it yet. It's called Soulfly. I'm sorry. That's Soulfly. There we go. Superfly. Yes. Look Soul. at us. And I'm out here like, yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's good yeah, album. I should just wait until I absolutely know. I knew something was hecka wrong with that, but whatever. All right, it's so Soulfly. Yeah. Right away. Hey, right, what you got, Billy? Smiling with no teeth by Genesis Owusu. O W U S U. More time. O W U S U. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with um last week, William. I'm sorry, Billy. Having um chosen this album, you will have the um the honors of first takeaway. What we got? I'm gonna take away. Right way because I would want to listen to that. I understand that. That's something I want to listen to also. All right, Timbo. We listen. I'm gonna. To? I'm gonna. Well, are you? Are you <laughs> I was trying uh, to follow the right thing. Okay. Well, what are we taking away? We're gonna take away walking machine by those feet because I don't know what they're talking about or where they're going. <laughs> That's the point, bro. All right, so no walking machine. All right, so we out here smiling with no teeth, Owasu. Wow, okay. All right, let's get it. I look at Billy two times in a row. Yeah, man. Okay. I was kind of hoping for the uh, walking machine, my feet, man, because I have no idea what that's about. Just looking for a surprise. I mean, I have no idea what this is about either. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, so this week we are on in our reading. Love Languages by the Doctor Gary Chapman. <laughs> chapter 12, Loving the Unlovely. Interesting chapter, rough chapter um, in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, personally, it was almost one of those chapters where I almost kind of disagree with the Doctor in a little bit. And I understand kind of, you know, the reasons why he kind of chose to give the advice that he gave. But it was just kind of interesting kind of seeing some of this. Um, but I guess before we even get to the end of the chapter, you know, what did you guys think? Um, yeah. Anybody? Billy? Um, <laughs> you're disagreeing. You're disagreeing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too. Like, what did you hear about that? Not because okay. I just, I'm just curious. Okay, well, no, well, you know, so we get into a situation where she's in, I mean, like I said, at what point do you say no to a relationship and maybe that's something that we'll get to you know later but it almost felt like hey i guess for the people listening i don't want to jump necessarily to the end so there was a situation where um she was in she's married to her husband and they don't have a good relationship there's um um what was it she was he hates her for one is it? Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I guess it's. He hates her. I wonder if he sugarcoated yeah. a lot of this stuff though, because it sounded like this should have been a lot worse than. He asked her, "Does he say he hates you?" She said yes, yeah. and then she has no respect for this man, or nor is she proud of him. Uh, apparently, she nags him right, and she doesn't support his thoughts or his ideas. You know, this is what we get in the cross breeze of her side of the story, I guess, right? Because she's saying this to the doctor, 
because this dude is not coming to counseling. So right, because he don't want to yeah, go to counseling. Let her tell uh, it. Yeah, he don't want to go to counseling. She begged him to come to counseling. It's not something that he's interested in. Um, everything is her fault. You know, I, I don't do anything wrong. This is kind of all on you. It's, you know, so that's that's kind of that's why. Yeah, no wonder they needed a doctor. That sounds real broken. For real, man. And I guess his response, you know, his response being, okay, well, let's try this. Let's try you speaking in his love language for, I forgot how long you said, a month or a couple months. months. Yeah, Six. Six months. And she like, do you know what his love language is? And she said, yeah, I think that it's physical touch, especially the sexual part, because, you know, X, Y, and Z, this is why. And right. Which well, we know okay. it's not about that. <laughs> right. Because we, we you know we actually seen that in other chapters. And you know, and, and to the doctor's credit, he did come and say, okay, well, also, does he ever feel that you, you know, in him saying that you nag him, you know, his his thought was that, you know, in you negative speaking, that he must also like positive speak. So maybe his secondary love language would then be um, words of affirmation. So she's like, okay, I'm going to try this, but I don't know if I want to necessarily be sexual with him because, you know, I don't feel, you know, sexually attracted to him basically because of um, our relationship. And his response to that was more the sex as an act versus a service, was it? Um, uh, act versus... Uh, act versus... Uh, emotion or feeling for him like he separated yeah he separated the two and made it more hey this is almost like a job that you have to do not something that you're necessarily doing because of the love and i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i'm like for whatever reason if you don't necessarily want to do it you probably shouldn't be doing it i don't but i mean i guess in this situation it all kind of worked out I guess, and you know, he understood, and her speaking his love language over the span of months made him eventually come around, and and things did seem to work out. But it's just that kind of thing. I didn't necessarily, if she is coming to you saying, well, you know, I don't really want to do, you know, especially on a sexual point, I don't really want to be sexually, you know, involved with him because of any reason, and for him to be like, well, sex is really like this, and you know, and I get it, you know, he because he even said to a point, well, I know it was going to be a big religious thing with her, and that she was going to have to kind of fall back on her religion and trying to really make her relationship work. So I understand that maybe it was a certain um religious, um you know, sentiment to it, but I just personally disagree with it. So that was my kind of disagreement when I was saying um, I disagree. But what did um, you guys um I get what you mean. And I think when you also said, I feel like it's something missing from the chapter because the way he talks about it, even though you feel that way, I think there's more, <clears throat> there's more room in separating the emotion or your emotional tie to sex. And then sex is a service or act of love to your husband, especially when he also added initiation of touch. So I wonder what else got omitted that there was just like a distance you know what I mean? And maybe that's, I don't understand. I'm not married. I've never been married. But I don't understand how do you rekindle intimacy without all of those things working together, not mm. just peace, whether it's just sex or whether it's just uh, a love language. Those things, they all work together. And then you're working against a man that, like you said, if there are other things that were omitted, he understands that we don't. 
especially his stance and this whole like, yo, I don't have no problems. You got a problem. Like, it's really trying to disarm whatever this man is going through, his type of brokenness and whatnot. In a marriage, not just to a man, not just to be submissive, not just to use your body, but to be able to have a security within yourself to separate the two to try and experiment. You see what I mean? So, like for the situation, I understand completely what you mean, but her marriage was on the line 10 years. And they wasn't having, they, she said they had sex once or twice within the last six months. Six months, yeah. You know I mean? But again, I'm not married. I don't know what it's like to be so far gone and so far detached from somebody. And then you have to make yourself vulnerable enough to feel used, but then separate it from mm-hmm. that emotional. Okay, this is a service or act of love for his benefit, which is love, right? This is what he called love. Just anything in particular for this person's benefit. The strategy was like a wall of things that she had to be persistent and initiate in to produce the change that she wanted. Because he said she had some pretty lofty goals. So he was like, well, looking at what you got, mm. it's going to take all these different phases mm-hmm. to reach goal in this world of this relationship of just two people. That makes sense? No, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, and I, I think heard of why he asked her. He was like, well, listen, if this is what you want, this is what I feel like you should try. Mm-hmm. And had that hypocritical kind of conversation. He was like, well, you can look at it like this because a lot of times the love that he was talking about using her faith was sacrificial. That's a sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose, you put yourself all on the line. You lose everything. And then to lose everything to sex, especially our idea of sex right now. And then it's like, that is a dichotomy, I guess, how men and, and women work together and just like the levels, mm-hmm. you know, that are. we're just competing for, I guess, like the power struggle of it all instead of unity. Does that make sense? So I get why that's like tough to understand. That's a big sacrifice to make for this big goal you have to regain love, respect, and pride, not just for your husband, but for your relationship and to regain unity and harmony. That's a huge sacrifice. One that's still on the table. You know what I mean? It's your choice whether you're going to leave it there or not, but it might help you if you can do it and be secure in this vulnerability by thinking of it this way. I mean, yeah. They say that, you know, love is a choice. Right? You know, you have to choose to to kind of make those sacrifices and kind of do those things. I don't know. Timbo, what were you about to say? What I was getting at is I've heard of them suggesting sex for couples. It don't fix everything, but sometimes it can bridge that gap. If there's a, it's a communication issue, I've read about it several times, that it, sometimes it can deal with it. Mm. Sometimes. So that's all I want yeah. to say about that. It's, I do get what you mean, man. Because if you don't feel sexually attracted to somebody, you shouldn't have to like put yourself out there like that, your body. But this you married awesome. this person too, though. Right, this and is also that, somebody you chose. Right. And then 10 years, bro, like you said, I, I don't see why people are like, when do you let go of a relationship? 10 years? Mm-hmm. If you really hate somebody and you've been hating somebody, the guy, I'm just talking about the guy. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're so perfect, why are you still here? I'm over it. 
Yeah, I can't call it. Yeah. I can't either. It blows my mind. But how many how many examples have we had of this mm-hmm. in the book? No, I mean, what yeah. I told you, not being in tune and being selfish. All of that. Oh yeah. Mm. They stand, bro. <laughs> like, wow. 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 Yeah, man. That's interesting. Yeah, I like the chapter though. I enjoyed the chat. I see how he, he did flip it real quick, man. No. <laughs> Wait, the way he flipped it, it's like, whoa, okay. That's an interesting way to see something. Yeah. In the battle of love or the battle of love and war, whatever. Yeah, That's... He, was slight, he was slight with the wrist work, man. Fight <laughs> like, for real. Uh, dude, how do you... Does that work the other way for like if it was a man? I mean, the dude's like, oh man, I don't, I'm not feeling her right now. I feel used because of that. Like, how would you feel if you were in Anne's position? Would right? you feel, would you be able to separate the two? Or you're like, nah, we could try this love language. Like, we spent some quality time together, but you know, that's a, I don't know. I mean, it's, that's a good question. Could you? Is it possible? Like, if you're just not in it. If you ain't feeling it, you ain't feeling it, right? I would try it. And after after the um it should probably get into a mindset. Like, I, that's what I mean. Like so that's what I was about to say, excuse me. It's just that so many obstacles are, are mental and then mm-hmm. we are in charge of our minds. You can split and spice things how you want to. You know, be as honest with yourself as you can. Don't fool mm-hmm. yourself. I feel like that's an honest way to look at something differently to achieve more. With right. a person with you for ten years, and you really have big goals. Mm-hmm. With again, as a piece, a sliver, slither of the the, the overall strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That's tough, though. I feel like it's super yeah, tough. Definitely, definitely. You know, I mean, it really comes down to value, right? You know, how much you value your relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of what you're willing to do and how much you're willing to, like, as you said, you know, Billy sacrifice, right. um, you know, for it. And especially with the hope of things getting to a point where, you know, that you know it can be or where you feel that it can be. So. With, with no giving. You just got to have a faith, right? I mean, faith is not believing that. I mean, faith is hoping for it working out, but. Mm-hmm. Guarantee faith doesn't guarantee it that he was going to be, you know, after a month he was going to turn around. I know it's that's not how it works. But why you but I think so it was a double not. lesson in that way. It's like work your faith and work your relationship. Yeah, it's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of working. What else happened, happened in that chapter? Was um, yeah, I believe it was just um. The couple, that couple. Mm. Yeah, man, how he broke down some things, it just really broke down her mentality, um, especially her emotions and her moral beliefs, how he spoke to those things. I thought that was very interesting. How sometimes we group these issues together, and we just need somebody to help us make those tiny cuts and decisions to separate things to see the bigger picture, to see how things are not as closely tied or sewn together as we think they are sometimes, mm. to free up to really see through our problems and um and just make a difference for ourselves and the person we're with. That's one thing I appreciate about 
how he gets people to think and ask questions about what they want mm-hmm. and how he just pegged, or at least the book seems to show how he <laughs> pegged people, you know? That's interesting. Just bigger ways, more ways, different ways to think. Mm-hmm. I'm about that open mind, growing your mind without sacrificing so much of your, your sanity or honesty with yourself. I you appreciate know, that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, right? Different ways to think, right? Because um, we going into the, the This Is 30 segment, and that was actually my, kind of one of my things is on This This yeah. Is 30. I was kind of just um just walking about, and the thought kind of came to me about, um no, actually, I was watching um Calvin Johnson's um, Hall of Fame speech. And, you know, he kind of thanked his wife for kind of being emotionally there, you know, helping him um, emotionally grow, you know, throughout his life, you know. And I was kind of thinking, you know, as I was walking around the house, and I was like, man, the idea that I kind of thought is that we put it upon our women, right, the people that um, that we value, our significant others, to kind of teach us how to deal with and how to handle basic emotions, you know, how how we should handle basic emotions. You know, we, we're sitting here over the last few weeks, you know, we've been reading the five love languages. And that's five languages on love. Whereas most men typically only have two emotional languages on life. You know, it's either we're happy or we're mad. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. And then you look at it and how do we learn more than that in a society where the stereotype is kind of to not show emotion, don't cry, kind of man up, you know, kind of get over that. So, you know, we kind of do all of that and it kind of leads to a lack of development and a lack of understanding and a lot of emotions and a lot of differing emotions. You know, me personally, I kind of bottle stuff up and avoid as opposed to trying to understand you know, kind of how I feel. But, you know, as we get older and we seek out more emotions, and as we seek our relationships, we're kind of forced to deal with more than just two emotions. You know, you can't have oh, yeah. a, a happy, productive relationship and only be happy and, and mad. I mean, I guess you could, but how productive would it be, you know? So you, you start to look at that and who's supposed to kind of walk us through that, you know? For me, thankfully, my wife was kind of there as I kind of want to kind of look at different emotions as I want to kind of walk through things. You know, I shouldn't be 31 being upset with my wife or, you know, because being mad, right? Because I only know two emotions, right? So sitting here mad at my wife because I'm not really mad, but I'm kind of jealous of circumstance, which is a completely different emotion, right? Being jealous of circumstance and being mad are completely different. You're going to treat somebody completely different if you understand, but you have to want to understand that. And not only that, you have to kind of have somebody patient enough to walk you through it or talk you through it or kind of understand where you're coming from and kind of want you to explore those kind of things. And I think that really as men, we kind of need to put it on ourselves to kind of maybe that next generation and even ourselves, you know, um, you know, our black brothers and not even black brothers and just, just men in general, just to kind of, 
get it together and to kind of be more open with emotion and not be so closed off and kind of understand and not really put it on people so that when we get to this point when we want to have these relationships, one, we can have better, healthier relationships. And, you know, and it's something that that kind of thought, right? That thought in itself never would have came to me when I was 20. You know, I never would have sat there and be like, hey, I wonder how emotions work between men and women and how do we learn more than two emotions? I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. It's so weird that just the, the different mindset that you have. So, Will, when you were talking about um, just that different mindset, it kind of led me right into my this is 30 because that's exactly kind of what I was kind of dealing with and kind of just thinking about um, just different mindsets on emotion, but particularly how I think it kind of falls upon the women to kind of teach us more than just the two emotions that we're, you know, kind of grown with grown with that we're kind of taught or not even taught because you don't really teach it we don't really teach us anything it's hey don't show emotion man up and we just either know hey i feel good or i don't and i'm mad so interesting but that was my this is 30. interesting i 100 percent agree with you i'm always here for that you can always share emotions with me and i will do my best to help you, Susan. If you didn't know that. <laughs> well, of course. And I, bro. And I, and I, I know, definitely. And I, I know that we have that here, but I think that just um, as a society, as a people, we kind of just need to do better. Because can you think of how many relate, even just in our previous example of Anne and Anne's husband, I can't remember his name. <laughs> he only know, he probably grew up only knowing a couple of emotions, you know, had, had he had more grasp of his emotional um, skill tree, he could have, you know, maybe been able to talk to his wife, you know, way before her having to just suck it up and give him the sexual gratification and hoping that he'll then come around to her, you know, side of things. Unless his previous relationships with women or the reason didn't allow him to explore his emotions. Because some people got mamas that don't let you explore your emotion. Some people that had like other women or other partners that had the same issues Mm -hmm. allow you to be yourself emotionally. It's just, I think it's a people thing. I think you're absolutely right with the being a man thing. Um, The only thing that's helped me is having certain people in my life and me being inquisitive because I always want to know what's going on. If I don't feel something, what's what's wrong with me or wrong is the wrong term, right? But Mm -hmm. what's happening? I'll sit and be quiet and just be by myself and be so reflective and over and over and overthink. But then the more I overthink, the more I've learned to um, choose a direction and then process it over time. And I'm always searching for what other people say, not to validate myself, so to speak, but mm-hmm. to see how people grasp the world. Mm-hmm. So put out a dope video just about a sermon or talk just about men and aging and Things that just getting to, getting to 30 and getting to 40 and not knowing what to do. The specifically, the issue is that we own the only two emotions we have to, that, that we're allowed to have is happiness and anger. But what mm-hmm. anger really comes from. Did you watch that video about Shane Willard I sent you? Mm-mm, not yet. It's dope, man. He talks about just how some, how men are sometimes just in sharing with women. And then if you think it's going to be stupid, He's not going to share with you. He's going to keep it in mm-hmm. because you don't trust the person on the other end. So it's just been a push for me to understand myself because the only way to get any 
piece of what I want, especially the piece that I want, is to better understand myself, be the person that I want to meet so that I can at least communicate it to work through it. So I'm always myself, always going through these emotions, always paying attention to other people, but I've always been another person's confidant. So I've seen a lot of the emotions that people go through in the situations and trying to figure out, okay, um, I can be patient with you. It's my job, not my job, it's my genuine pleasure to be patient with you because I love you and I want to help you see your way through this. So I got to ask questions. I have to pay attention to where I think gaps are or things that I think you're um, pushing together because of your pain and your hurt. I got to try and spread that out so you can see through the blinds. Mm-hmm. But I have so many people start doing it for myself mm-hmm. and take from all these people and all these mindsets and things. Sometimes they wish another person would say things that they didn't know, like, oh man, I never told anybody that before. How'd you, how'd you get me to say that? Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, that's my experience, so I learned from those things. And all those things from people like my mom and my dad and my pastor, um, really driving home the idea of love and people being hurt and people needing patience. And patience is like the thing we don't have in a very rushed and fast-paced world, no matter what city or demographic you live in, we really need patience. We need somebody to understand. We need somebody to not be offended by sometimes how we act when we don't understand what's going on with us. That's what I want to be for somebody because I feel like I need that too. Mm -hmm. I can't tell for the rest of my life. I mean, I can, but how functional is that? Mm-hmm. I need I need a partner in that. But in order to have a partner in that, I feel like I have to be that to meet that. And it's just been a really long journey of patience. You know, I was just too much patience, right? Right, right. Um, knowing that sometimes there is there isn't too much patience because we're mm-hmm. people, we're complex. We have our own individual story. We're each different. Like all these these string or strung scenes of trauma in our lives that we understand and don't understand things that we'll never remember and don't understand how they affected us. They're all different. They could be similar. Like we may have gone through the same thing and then the next thing, sequential things are similar, but they're all different. I have to adapt to people all the time at work, not knowing where they just came from. Mm-hmm. And I have to be patient with them. You know, it's just like, it's a practice for me, right. if that makes sense. It's but a again, practice period. Mm-hmm. And trying to want to understand myself and want to understand people at an emotional and a human level and wanting to be able to love people. Because if that's the only thing that's going to change the world, what else are we working on? We work on getting paid more, being flyer, being sexier, being this, being that. And nobody's working on what we all know we need to work on. Patience, compassion, understanding, fruits of love. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I honestly think that a lot of that kind of starts with that kind of that emotional self-awareness, you know, just kind of just kind of understanding self so you can be there for others. And, you know, because like you said, kind of to be there for others, you kind of, you know, you want to have that journey for yourself as well. So, yeah, it's just deep shit. (laughs) (laughs) Real, my G. Yeah. But, um, what's happening um, in y'all 30-year-old lives? 
Kimbo, what you got? Well, y'all already kind of know about part of it, the whole wisdom tooth thing. I know people actually may deal with it way before their 30s, but right. for me, this is an upcoming thing. So it's just making sure I'm staying on top of my dental health and all of that. I got everything checked out. Everything is looking good. I just got to get the wisdom tooth pulled. So um, that I'm sure is going to be an interesting experience, and y'all are going to hear all about it, and we probably... I don't know how it's going to fall. We have to take that week or not, or but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah, man, bro, who um who gonna pick you up from um from the dentist that day though? Papa Tim. <laughs> oh, man, he ain't gonna record nothing good. He ain't gonna I'm ask not... no fun questions or nothing. <laughs> I don't even know what the process is. I don't know what they're gonna give me or any of that. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna probably sound even funnier <laughs> after for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. super dope, though, man. I mean, just to go ahead, dental health is really important, and it seems like, um, at least in my experience, one of the easier things to kind of put off, you know, because it's one of those things you got to clean it every six months, and it's just like, right. oh well, uh, just exactly. oh okay. I won't worry about it this six months, and then another so. six months go by, and then you don't worry about it again. Right. Okay. So. So it is something that's um, really important. So I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're going ahead and, and doing it. You getting all four of them pulled at the same, same time? This is going to be two, and then uh, he gonna, he's going to give me a break for two weeks, and then the other two. So it's going to okay. be a... Because he don't want to do it all at once. He said that'll be a, a bit too much. So Wow. Yeah. And then the other thing I've been thinking about with the, along the lines of this is 30 is the whole... For me, I need to just start budgeting. I got to be better with it. I do. I, do. I have to. It's a you know, skill, I, bro. It really is. It's a skill. I, it's a skill I need to start implementing, for real, for real, because I'm out of control in these streets. <laughs> hey, man, me and the um, wife was just talking about finances and stuff. We know it's home. Some, some trips that, at least um, a trip or two that we want to plan for maybe next year. But it's just trying to figure out, like, how do we make this work feasibly without eating ramen noodles? You know, not that it's that bad. But, you know, it's just that I don't want to necessarily sacrifice all the time. But I definitely want to go on this vacation. So, no, I definitely feel you on the budgeting part, man. Yeah, it's definitely going to have to be a balance for me. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what my normal takeout range is throughout the week is quite a lot but i'm gonna have to cut into that just That's maybe step one right actually right. figure out what you're spending your money on yeah do half of the takeout that i normally do and just cook from home for the rest i know at, at work i like i tend to order out a lot and so i gotta kind of cut that out i'm the same way so, yeah but it, it's just like you were saying i just want to be more physically responsible i don't know if it's something that's happening with age but that need and that urge to actually be physically responsible is something that's starting to show up and so I, I know that that's how I feel. So I need to start mm-hmm. No, very true. It's like I turned 30 and I was like, man, I wonder what my credit score is. And then, you know, that's like, it's like, it's almost, almost yeah. like that, where it was like 30, hmm, let me start looking at stocks and savings. And, you know, and I think some of that kind of tied in kind of with the pandemic too. Um, at least the stocks did because I had so much free time where I could just kind of sit down and learn a lot of that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's just just focusing on money and just wanting to have a savings and wanting to have money in the bank and just being, you know, responsible. And I just want to get to a point where I can 
not really have to want or wonder if I can afford something. Like if I just want it, I'll just, I can go get it, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, that comes with time. And one of those, this is 30 things, right. Is that kind of understanding that you need to be more fiscally responsible, but then also paying for your twenties when you weren't fiscally responsible and all that stuff kind of comes back. And it's like, Oh, well, But um, so that's some of it too. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here. I'm doing that um myself. You know, it's just like ah, oh, I wish I would have known, or maybe I shouldn't have got that. You know, that credit card when I was 18, or you know right. that kind of thing. And it's just like you don't you don't think about it until you're 30, and it's time to you know pay it back, and you have a different mindset. And you know, so I guess it's more on us to kind of help the next generation to kind of not make yeah. those same mistakes. Definitely. Oh, man. What about you, Billy? What, do, you, do you have anything for this is 30? I do. I want to say something the last thing you said, right? That yeah, you're yeah. so right. Because um, the difference is like, I had teachers when I was in middle school that was like, yo, when you get a credit card, cut it up. Don't do nothing <laughs> with it. They was teaching me that in middle school, and I was like, cool, I don't want no credit card. I mean, I miss why I might really need one, but I, you know, I'm okay. But right. just that kind of teacher, mm-hmm. not everybody has. Very so, true. Very true. Happened to be a kid that went to that school where that teacher happened to get a job that time. And that day, they was like, they might have been looking at their credit card bill like, listen, y'all grow up. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't they do it. They probably were. You got to learn to listen. When them old heads is talking, learn to listen. They ain't just talking just to talk. Like Chappelle they said, no, I don't do that. That's five to ten. They <laughs> be knowing, man, that old knowledge. They do, man. Um, what I'm learning uh, right now is the power of your presence for other people and yourself. I mean that in the most least arrogant way possible. Um, I don't really call people because I don't get calls. I don't feel, it's not like I'm blaming people or feel bad. I'm just used to being by myself or alone. So if you don't call me, I'm cool. I have low maintenance friends, or if they're high maintenance or need more from me, I just don't know. There are some friends when they're going through things, I'm always there for them. I'm always calling or checking up on them. But I understand that doing that takes a lot of energy, so I don't expect that from other people. But this is like the year where I'm calling people when they're losing somebody, and the call actually makes a difference. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know. Because I'm used to not really needing that, or at least telling myself I don't need it. So um, that's been interesting. Um, making memories. Zay was going to, we were supposed to have a session Wednesday. He was like, yo, is it okay if I skip the session and I go up to this open mic and you come with me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to come out because I got some other stuff to do. I'm just, a, I'm an introvert, man. I'm a homebody. I'll be in this basement mm-hmm. under Patrick Starr. That's what I do, right? He was like, okay, well, I've been trying to go to this open mic. I'm going to go anyway. So he went to the open mic. And I'm sitting down here, and I was just talking to Donald, Donovan for a minute. I forget mm-hmm. what about things. You know what I mean? Our bond has really grown. Like, Donovan's a dope dude, man. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go to this rehearsal over at Chevy's. So I'm starting to think, like, hmm, it's 10 o'clock. I should just pop up over there. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm going to do it. It's like 20 minutes away from the house. I never do anything like this. I have to do something different to have different results 
because I've just been feeling the fact that, man, these past two years, it's just like, what? I'm not excited about anything. I'm excited about the work I do, my hobbies, right? Because I'm not getting paid for them. The thing, I'm excited about my goals and it's the growth that I've had. But where are my memories? Mm. I don't really have that I really enjoy or want to think about. So I got to go out and make some more. I have to fight my introvert self to go somewhere, leave out the house, put on clothes at 10 o'clock at night and drive over there to my man's Chevy house. And people are like, oh my gosh, what's up, man? It's good to see you, happy to see you. And that was a great feeling that we could share that. And it was mm-hmm. awesome to see how them go through rehearsals, see all of my other friends go through their rehearsals and see them before they blow up. You know those before they blow up moments? It's like, oh man, that's right. And if this stuff really ever pop off, he was my friend. Exactly. And I saw him all when he didn't know if anything would happen. This was just him doing it because he believed in it right now. And I get to kick it with Chevy. He was like, oh, bro, I'm glad to see you, man. Because we don't see each other that much. But he's like, oh, bro, I'm just glad to see you. He got to get up at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, man, I'll probably go to bed at 12. I'm there to like 1, 1.30. He's still up. Just enjoying, not talking a little bit, but then just enjoying sitting next to each other, just enjoying the vibe. Mm-hmm. You sit, friend, and guess who was there, man? Oh, oh you man. probably Barry was there. Barry was playing keys. From Radio oh, Shack. man, really? <laughs> that was so cool, man. Oh, I was just to see everybody uh, be in that vibe and just feel like it's where I belong. There's a lot of places that I just don't feel like I belong. Right. But hearing instruments, hearing bands, like being in the That's energy cool. of my trying to do something that they believe in. It's like, That's okay, special, I'm, man. That's special. I'm, I want to go to sleep, but I'm happy I came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. The street lights, man. I was driving down seven miles. It's dark. Why am I out here going to a rehearsal? But it was totally worth it, and I was fine. So making memories and the power of the power of phone call, the power of showing up, uh, been things that are important to me, and just trying to share and experience better, and bigger value with my friends and the people I love. That's what I'm working on because it's tough to do that for so many people. It takes a lot of energy, especially again from an introvert. That energy thing is like, it's fine. bro, you be preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> yeah, that's been my life, right? Man, I feel that. I feel that. That's good stuff, man. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, and moving on, what we got on, um, we got this big hat of questions, right? Ah, yeah. Um, preguntas. Yeah, preguntas. That's the only part I. Sombrero. Sombrero de preguntas. All right, preguntas and a sombrero. This one, this one, like a big question. What invention doesn't get a lot of love but has greatly improved the world? Good luck with that. Exactly. Don't ask me, bro. I'm not. Doesn't get a lot of love, but it's greatly improved the world. You sound crazy like a toaster. Uh, Madam CJ Walker is the hot call. <laughs> hey, man. Yo, that might, I get a lot of love from the sisters, though. It does. It get more. It used to get more so back in the day, though. I don't That's think true. Yeah, it's, it's been a push now. toward. Yeah, it's been a push towards natural. No. Which, nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. 
I got like the natural look. Yeah, me too. Uh, notebooks, man. I don't think notebooks get a lot of love. We always buy them, but we don't really do appreciate them. Right. Do we use them? Because I know I mean, a lot I, of people that have a bunch of them in the house. I know you use them, because you're right. But <laughs> for sure, man. That's a great... There's nothing like writing. I can take notes on my phone, but there's something about writing. Nobody just loves notebooks. They love the act. They love what you do with a notebook or in a notebook, but not the notebook itself. I feel you. The notebook's taken for granted, especially in the day of computers. Yeah. Mm. That's tough, bro. Um. <laughs> Man, see, as, as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to be sitting there like, oh, this. <laughs> it always happened like that. Oh. It's probably something that we use like every day that we just don't even think about. Pockets, bro. I can't stand. Like, I don't you know, actually, how- for dudes, that's probably it. Pockets. Bro. Because every chick I ever talk to, they always talk about how they wish they had pockets. They're having their phone in their waistband. <laughs> nah, man, I got pockets everywhere. Thank oh, you for man. this pocket. My pocket's deep. Yeah, man, they have to be. Uh, every time and they be because that's what they say because even if they get the pockets they get the little half pocket where you can't put nothing in it <laughs> that's so irritating it's like why even make that or they get the faux pocket right when that's song that's like so shut and it just look like a pocket and it's right like, yeah. for sure like, what man. For, man what for that's funny yeah maybe it is I'm gonna go with pockets that's a good one you gonna take mine all right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, for sure, man. Um, any other answers? Well, I was thinking this is really random, but cutlery, like utensils for eating. I think we appreciate them, but it's just like we don't like we don't really stop and appreciate because it's like how else are you gonna enjoy pasta? How I feel you. I do take it for granted <laughs> though, because I never even learned what the other fork was for. I thought it's it was a, a salad, salad fork. fork. It's a yeah. salad fork. Oh, I, that's that's why I never learned. So, does that make me a savage by using the same fork for both? Like, what yeah. world? Right, it was mandatory. Like, no, this is how we do things over here. You got a fork for yourself. And you got a fork. food with a <laughs> right. salad fork. Like, I mean, I'm gonna be real. I use the same fork too. It's just like it pick up all the same. <laughs> are they made? Are they made differently? Just one yeah, like a difference. The oh, salad fork, I think, is a little bit smaller. I think. No idea. I just know it's two forks. All right, man. I've been to a restaurant where I've seen two forks. That's been a long time since I've seen two forks. Since that's been necessary. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm about to go to one of them two fork restaurants when I take um the wifey out for her birthday. Birthday coming up. Uh-huh. So no, I gotta um gotta pick a restaurant. I don't know what I want to do yet. Oh, I hope it's awesome. I know it's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, this is the fun part when we actually get to try to pick and surprise. And is this getting ready to turn thirty this year? Yeah. Oh buddy. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease her all day. All well, of day. course, right? Because she's been the main one who's made it her prerogative because she's like the youngest one of everybody to go and. Talk crap about everybody turning thirty and call them old. So I'm gonna ask her about skills. I'm gonna ask her about coming. <laughs> Finally, it felt like it was never gonna get here, man. Yeah, it did I know, right? 
She out here like a rug rat, man. Just staying the same age forever. <laughs> All right, man. Any final words, y'all? Oh, man. Peace and love. Everybody be safe out there. Stay blessed. Uh, for sure. Um, please tell us your answers. If you got any other questions or things you want us to ask on the show, uh, Timbo, where can they leave that information? Blacktopasylum at gmail.com. Awesome. I am Ray. Where can they hear us? Watch us find us. You can hear us, watch us, find us. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts. You can hear us on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Yeah, man, we out here. Awesome. If you like the show, please let us know. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, Black Top is not closed. Peace. Peace.